Chapter Ten of the Outdoor Chums in the Big Woods. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Outdoor Chums in the Big Woods by Captain Quincy Allen. Chapter Ten: The Flashlight Picture. But didn't they tell us that wolves had been pretty much cleaned out of Maine in the last twenty years? ventured will looking uneasy yes that's a fact frank admitted but once in a while there seems to be a raid from quebec province or new brunswick and from different sections reports come in of packs being seen there's a bounty on wolf scalps up here but not much money is paid out for them that is for animals killed in a wild state in what other way could they be killed frank demanded bluff thinking that perhaps he had one on the other just then Frank, however, smiled at him as he explained, It happened that they once discovered a wolf ranch in a secluded part of the state. A smart chap was actually breeding the animals for the sake of the skins and the bounty that the state allowed him. Of course, they put a stop to his business. But that reminds me, I didn't think to tell you about the fur farms we have up here. That sounds interesting, Jerry declared. Of course, you mean where they raise all sorts of fur-bearing animals for the sake of their pelts? Bluff suggested. Yes, and they say that good money is made at the business, too, he was told. One man I knew had a fox farm. He had managed to get hold of a few black foxes, and told me that if they bred true, his everlasting fortune was made, because, as we know, the skin of a good black fox is worth all the way from five hundred to two thousand dollars. How about skunks? I understand there are farms where they raise them by the thousand, Bluff ventured, with an upturning of the nose. I'm told they pay good dividends, Frank explained, but can't say from my own observation, because I've never dared to visit one. But you must remember that a polecat is only dangerous when frightened. They say that if you treat them gently, they get to know you, and are not to be feared any more than so many puppies. Excuse me from trying to follow that occupation chuckled Jerry, but I wonder if that really was a genuine wolf or a snow owl hooting Let's go outside and listen because I want to know suggested will into whose eyes an eager glow had crept as he remembered He had a camera trap baited with some fresh venison and that if there were hungry wolves around He stood a chance of obtaining a remarkable picture They clapped on caps and sweaters and all went outside the night was fairly dark and still. Overhead a million stars shone, and the soft breeze sighed itself to sleep among the pines. There it goes again, exclaimed Bluff suddenly. And it sure is a wolf, huh, Frank? Jerry cried. Oh, I hope so, Will was heard to say, at which the others were surprised until Frank guessed the reason. You're thinking of that flashlight trap, are you, Will, and hoping to catch bigger game than you set it for? Well, if any of those hungry chaps come smelling around in this direction, I wouldn't be surprised if you did. They can find a piece of fresh meat that's half a mile away. Just like those buzzards down in Florida could discover where there was any dead animal and would come flying from every direction, Bluff remarked. We soon tired of staying out in the cold and listening to the occasional mournful sound that all had decided came from the throat of a gray pilgrim from Canada. Now and then it seemed closer, and Bluff even declared that he could distinguish several different grades of howls. Must be a pack of the rascals, he ventured to say. 
Who knows but some of us may run up against the bunch while we're around here? I'd like nothing better take it from me than to knock over a few of the measly things They're a mean lot and without a single redeeming quality like a fox Once more returning to the warm cabin they sat around until finally Frank drove them all to their bunks I'll never be able to get you out at a decent hour in the morning He told them if you keep on sitting here blinking at the fire and yawning every little while if the wolves came closer to the cabin during the night no one seemed to be aware of the fact at least their howling certainly did not keep a single boy from enjoying his customary sleep Will hurried out as soon as he was dressed Frank knew what he meant to do and stopped him long enough to advise him to carry his gun along You never know what you may meet when you least expect it was the burden of his warning And when there's an ugly bobcat ready to jump on your back or fight for the game that's in your trap You'll wish you'd been wise enough to come prepared. I Guess you're right about that will admitted as he returned for his weapon He knew what wolves were like and the possibility of meeting one in the big timber gave him a panicky feeling Shortly afterward he came hurrying in breathless and excited Although none of the others had heard so much as a shot the first thing they thought was that will must have run up against a thrilling adventure of some kind did anything tackle you demanded Jerry showing immediate interest was it a wolf or a wildcat and did you shoot him asked bluff Frank said nothing he saw how the other was carrying his camera under his arm and could give a good guess as to the cause of his excitement nothing tackled me exclaimed the picture taker indignantly I was only going to tell you that the trap was sprung and my flashlight must have worked but of course you don't know whether it's a muskrat a fox a mink or perhaps a prowling coon that's grabbed your bait bluff commented I'll know after I've had a chance to develop the film he was told you know I have single ones that fit in frames so they act like glass plates only there's no weight and no danger of breaking them when you tumble was the bait gone pursued bluff yes the string was broken across the middle and it was a good strong cord will informed him Frank saw bluff nod his head as though pleased he said nothing more however But as soon as breakfast had been disposed of they missed bluff He came in presently with a grin on his face Guess you're in luck today will he remarked carelessly What makes you say that bluff your visitor wasn't a mink nor yet a fisher a fox or a coon bluff went on At that will began to show signs of excitement Do you mean it was a wolf he demanded eagerly? Either that or a dog replied bluff and then seeing it was only fair to explain further he continued I found his trail as easy as falling off a log Of course I don't pretend to be an authority on wolf tracks because they look pretty much like a dog's but there were plenty around So I figured there must have been a fair pack They were wolves then take it from me Frank asserted We only know of one dog in the woods besides a couple at lumber run camp and they keep them tied up most of the time Will could not wait a minute longer He had carried a little tank into the wilderness with him by means of which it was possible to develop films in the daytime As well as by ruby light in a dark room When he reappeared later on there was a look on his face that announced his complete satisfaction with the results The others did not bother asking him to show them knowing that in good time when his film had had a chance to dry Will would surprise them with a blueprint Everybody found plenty to do it seemed that morning 
The cold weather had kept on, and as there was a small pond not far away from the cabin, they found that the ice would bear them. Bluff and Jerry had managed to fetch their skates along, although Frank had attempted to dissuade them on account of the extra weight and the fact that they could have all the skating they wanted at home on the river. The two boys wanted to say they had tried main ice, so they fastened their skates and whirled around innumerable times, making the circuit of the little pond. Frank had partly arranged with Jerry to go on another hunt after the midday meal. Will did not care to go, and Bluff had a sore heel from his shoe chafing on the previous occasion, so he concluded to rest a little. After the skaters had returned to camp, they amused themselves with the axe for a spell, Frank and Will having done their part earlier in the day. It was good, healthy labor, and besides they needed the wood in their business of keeping the fire burning on the hearth inside the cabin. Will could be seen watching a printing frame which he had set in the sun. Every little while he would snatch it up to look and then place it once more. Finally he approached the others. Anything doing? questioned Frank, smiling as he saw the other trying as hard as he could to look unconcerned. Oh, I just thought I'd like to get somebody's opinion about what this beast is, that's all, remarked Will, suddenly flashing the blueprint. Phew, doesn't he look sassy, though, exclaimed Jerry. It's a wolf, all right, and as fine a picture as you could dream of getting, Frank said. The flash had startled him, and he's showing his teeth like anything was the verdict of Bluff. Will, take my word for it. Your wolf picture will win you the first prize they offered of a flashlight animal taken by himself. Oh, do you think so, Bluff? It's nice to hear you say that. So you like it, do you, Frank? Everything seemed to work like magic. Why, that trap is perfect. That's what it is. A greenhorn photographer could get good results with that arrangement. Now, don't you believe it, Jerry told him. I'd make a mess of it for one. You know every little wrinkle of the business, and this is what comes of it. That's sure a dandy picture. They were all feeling unusually happy as they sat down to eat the midday meal. As a rule, this might be called a lunch. But with such ferocious appetites, as all of them seemed to have developed since arriving in camp, it was necessary to do considerable cooking. End of chapter 10